making uh, arrangements to come for fire nights because I know what we're going to do. Well, I kind of know what we're going to do. And it's going to be amazing because I don't know what we're going to do because God is in charge. Amen? Amen? So we have to get ready, though, for what God has been preparing us for. And so here is the big vision. This is what I know that God is talking about for kingdom living, mindsets and actions. It's a year of drawing out the gifts in one another. Like, I have gifts inside of me, you have gifts inside of you, I need yours and you need mine and we need everybody else's around us, and that, if this is the year to pull on those gifts and to see them come alive, along with the teaching and training and the security of the word, amen? Okay, so we're supposed to be more interactive because we need to know how others are applying kingdom living to their life so we can glean from them and do it too. And so... God is growing us up as a church. He's, he's insisting on maturing his church. And that means we're going to be able to do greater things. Amen? Amen? So if there is no testimonies, then we don't know what's going on. That's why we're going to have a lot of testimonies. When there's no outflow, all of the inflow gets stagnant. What are you doing? You just come to church and... And that's it. Till the next time we meet. I mean, don't slurp. Don't slurp the word of God and do nothing with it. You're, you're supposed to take it in and breathe it out on everyone. You're supposed to be the conduit for God. We're supposed to partner with him. This is kingdom living. We're living with the king. Amen. We're going to be excited about it. And so um, I'm here to tell you we serve a good, big God. He says he's bringing change, and he's moving. And we can't limit what he's able to do. And so don't tell me he can't do it. You know that song, Don't Tell Me He Can't Do It? Well, don't tell me he can't do it. I just saw, I just saw miracles all week long. I saw miracles all week long. So I'm going to talk to you. Now, you guys are all going to freak out because I'm going to talk about football. So all the people. <laughs> okay, listen. I wrote it down. So, God help me. But here's, I didn't even know who this guy's name was, but I'm so affected by it. Okay. So, and I'm probably going to say it wrong. Damar Hamlin, right? It's already a miracle. It's already a miracle. Okay. So, Damar Hamlin, did you see that he had a cardiac arrest on the field? Did you know he died twice? Okay. So, so guess what happened when that happened? Players took a knee. Whoa. They took a knee for a different reason than they were taking a knee for in the past. And guess what happened? Both sides of the players were on the field for what? For prayer to a great big God on behalf of somebody that they cared for. And do you know what happened? He, his heartbeat was restored right there on the field. His heartbeat came back on the field. But let me tell you what God showed me about that. Do you know that no one rented a stadium to preach about Jesus Christ that day? No. Nobody rented the stadium to preach. No, no one got up and nobody even had John 3.16 on their forehead that day. Nobody did. Nobody was giving a message about miracles that day. Nobody was building anybody's faith up. But there was somebody who saw a 
revive and he went into ICU and you know, he got on right away. As soon as he could talk, he was on there telling the bills. I understand it's the bills, am I right? Okay. That, <laughs> <woo -hoo. laughs> and the Bengals. Oh, is it right? Okay. <laughs> How glad he was for their prayers. <laughs> and so they were all so excited that he, he kept coming. And so he kept coming alive. And so then they put what happened on the field on ESPN. And on ESPN, they were talking about who? The Lord Jesus Christ. And how they prayed to the Lord Jesus Christ. And how he showed up, and that's why he was alive. And then the cameramen and the people that work in at ESPN, they were like, well, can we pray too? Yeah. You know what that is, people? That's revival. Do you know what that is? That's God crashing in. You know what that is? That's God taking back sports. You know what that is? That's God announcing himself. That is God's voice. That is what our God can do. When just somebody starts to believe him again. Alright. It's not what we know about God. It's what we believe about God and what we practice about God that's going to make the difference. Amen? Amen. Okay, so <laughs> yesterday he visited the Buffalo Bills practice two weeks after he died twice. Yes. How many know that's a miracle? Yes. Say, that's a miracle. Yes. Say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. He's going to announce himself, people. Yes. God is in the announcing himself business this year. Yes. This is a year like we haven't seen in a long time. Because revival is not going to be the same as it was before. Because I never saw that before, did you? No. Oh, no. Because God is going to show up in big ways, in a big audience, it, his way that he wants to do it. Now somebody had to be the vessel that started praying. Somebody had to be the one to take the first knee. You know what I'm saying? So we all need to be a part. But God is God. And he is going to show up. Okay, so whew, I call that revival. This prayer and fasting is going to secure our position as we move into this next level. And so the enemy is going to wage war against you moving forward. If you didn't have any, like, things that bothered you this week, well, congratulations. You're unusual. <laughs> if you got attacked or if you felt like backing up or something happened to somebody in your family or, or you have some kind of thing that you're dealing with in your life, then welcome to fighting and winning against the enemy. Okay? So um, God has bigger plans than what Satan can drum up. Ooh, I'm going to look that up right now. Hold on. Hold on. In the fasting guide, in the fasting guide, um, yesterday, it said, God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that uh, the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things of heaven and things in the earth. Okay, and things under the earth, and things under the earth. And things under the earth. You know what? 
Satan can't hide from the name. <laughs> he can't hide from the name. It doesn't matter where, whatever he's trying to do with his little minions, there is no other name. Every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And at the end of this little thing that we are on called life, yeah. Satan is going to bow his knee. And all those demons are going to bow their knee. And everybody is going to bow their knee to the name of Jesus because there is no other name under heaven whereby anybody can be saved. And Jesus paid the price and he's getting all the glory. He's getting all the glory. Amen? So that's kingdom living. And so I am going to declare this over you today. Heaven's realities are going to come in the midst of you consistently. Do you believe it? If you believe it, say amen. amen. Each one will receive what is needed for them to get on board with kingdom living again. Amen. 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 Unity and hunger is coming from the fasting guide, the prophetic word, and from corporate worship, from the inside out. Amen. 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 It's not temporary, but it's permanent. Amen. amen. We're going to be instant in season. Amen. amen. We will activate God's work by faith. Amen. We're going to depopulate hell Amen. and advance the kingdom in the earth every day in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <laughs> You're going to need your Bible. You're going to need your Bible. You're going to need to know what it says. You're going to need to know what is happening here. And so a part of what the panels were doing were breaking us into different and since he said that we're, we have to be different, we need to be used to different and understand that we have to go wherever he has taken us. I, years ago, I, I, I even have a thing in my office that says whatever, and whatever the Holy Spirit wants, that's what we're going to do. Whatever Jesus wants, that's what we're going to do. Whatever mindset that we need to change, that's what we're going to do. Whatever, whatever person he wants us to pray for, that's what we're going to do. We're, we're going to be so filled up with who he is because we have spent time with him. That we're going to walk with him. We're going to talk with him. And we're going to partner with him. Amen? Amen. And so, um, Jeff, I told you stayed up here. <laughs> so last week when we did the panels, um, we had we had Maylene and Herbert and Tirsa and Mariello on the panels, and so uh, Jeff was summing it up, summarizing what what happened to him by watching them give their testimonies, and he had such a good summary. I said, I want you to say what you said about each one. Okay. Not all day. Just, you do, well, do you remember or do I have to prompt you now? Well, probably you'll prompt me, but I'll see if I remember. Okay. So the first one to speak was Mariella. No, no, no it was Maylene. Maylene yeah. spoke first, and, I, and the thing for me for Maylene was she was talking about today. She was talking about something that she had been praying about and that looked like it was coming for a couple of years, but the answer was today. The answer was a couple of weeks ago. The answer was, so, so she wasn't telling us a testimony about something that happened five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. The first testimony we got was it happened last week. And, um, yes. and, um, and I like that when it's current testimonies, when we hear current things. 
And then was um, Herbert. Now Herbert's, Herbert is a bit of an intellectual, and so Herbert immediately opened his four-inch thick Bible and, and turned to the scriptures that he has been standing on for years. And he told us about how work, how these scriptures, he was able to, to stand on them during some tough times, and that, you know, despite what things look like, he stood on these scriptures. So we had first this blessing that happened this week, and then we had someone tell us about how they had been standing on God's word for a long period of time and how he uh, helped them to get through these things because of the promises that God made. With victory. With victory, uh, right. Amen. And then we jumped over Tirsa um, and we went to Mariela. And Mariela's testimony was about an attack from Satan that God turned into a blessing and a testimony where she was laid off and she was struggling financially and especially with, she had shared with us, she had this great debt. Um, but God told her, well, wait a minute, it doesn't have to be that way. Um, I'm going to find you a job immediately. So take that severance pay that you no longer need and pay off your debt. Yeah. And so what Satan intended to, to harm us and what she could have taken and used as defeat and to be knocked down, um, she got on her knees and prayed and God said, well, we, okay, let's turn, let's turn this into a blessing and go, nah, 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 to Satan. <laughs> and so she ended up, um, um, this time that I'm sure it was hard to feel it to go through it, to have someone sit in front of you and say, we don't need you here anymore, yeah. um, and wonder, how am I going to pay my rent? How am I going to eat? How am I going to do all that stuff with all this debt hanging over your head? But God turned that into, uh, well, well, we'll make this elevate you, not lower you. Yeah. Amen. So then we got to Tirsa, which gives me heart palpitations, but we got to Tirsa, who her whole life, at some time early in her life, she realized this is true. God's word is true. And what he said about uh, finance is true, and I'm taking it into my heart. And now she lives her life um, with, um, I don't even really care what's in the bank account. Somebody, it, oh, it's overdraft? Okay, God can handle overdraft. Oh, it's zero? Oh, God can handle zero. Oh, it has $100,000 in it? Well, God can handle $100,000. She sees it all exactly the same. And, and she just lives her life this way. And, and I've had many conversations with her where she just looks at me and goes, I don't know how you keep that bank account. Just, it, just spend it on whatever God tells you to spend it on. Now, it's important to say that in Tirsa's case, she doesn't just spend it. She hears from God and spends it and doesn't care. Hey, God, hey uh, Tirsa and Dave, we'd like you to adopt these kids on the other side of the world. And I know your bank account's zero, but... They just go to the other side of the world to adopt the kids, and guess what? Here they are. We love the kids, and 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 their bank account is fine. Um, so so they they just demonstrated to us if you just live this and believe it. And and I was impressed with the the breadth of the uh, people that were speaking, how how broad it was, in that in that we you really with this panel covered it all, um, including today. And I love that that first one that this happened today yeah amen yeah. amen so god is a good god always has been a good god always has been our provider he will always honor seed time and harvest and so 
when we give to God and we give our first fruit offerings, we're acknowledging Him first, which matters to Him and matters to us because He's got more to multiply. And then we give our, our tithe and our offering because we're honoring Him. And it took everything that I could do not to just teach all the scripture on it. So sometime this year, I'll teach you about Abraham and Melchizedek, and we'll take care of that. But anyway... Today, we are talking about fasting. And so, what other people had told me that, that they've gotten from, um, from what other people had to say was hope. How many of you know you need hope all the time? You need to have hope. And when somebody has a testimony, like they had testimonies, it gave you hope no matter what your situation looked like, no matter what Satan was trying to tell you, no matter what your bank account was declaring, Jesus is the hope. And he is the one who will provide because he is the provider. Jehovah Jireh is his name. Oh, hallelujah. And so in the midst of disaster, Janice Murray said it, it showed her that in the midst of what looked like disaster, that God will turn it around on a dime and take you all the way through it. All the way through it. And so he's not going to fail us. He is here, and so we need to have prayers, and we need to declare, and we need to know who our God is, and we need to be settled on some issues. And he said he was taking us down to foundational truth, and this foundational truth is seed, time, and harvest will never fail. And every time you see a rainbow, it's him saying, see, you can trust me. The, the end of the rainbow, the gold at the end of the rainbow is heaven. <laughs> <laughs> and heaven is coming to earth to provide for us. Amen? Okay, so fasting is, I'm going to try to talk about this, but I have a lot of people that I'm going to make interact with me. Well, ask nicely to interact with me. But, um, and some spontaneous things. So if you're getting things from this particular fast up to this time, be thinking about what it is that's changing your life. Okay, so here's what fasting does. So you have to, this time I'm going to give you scripture. Okay, when you're fasting, here's what you're really doing. You're crucifying your flesh. So, if, if it does not bother you, whatever you picked to fast, you know, some people are fasting no sugar. That, that, that's hard <laughs> to some people. I don't know who that would be. Um, some people are choosing... The Daniel fast, where they stick to just a healthy eating program that is pretty strict, but it, it certainly does not add things that are fun. <laughs> uh, some people are doing liquid fast. Liquid fast is just water and sometimes water and juices or water and clear soups or however it is, okay? Some people are fasting media. Uh, and, and so let me say this. Um, don't judge. Don't judge what somebody picked. You don't know what. Well, you don't know what's hanging them up. You know, like to me, it seems like media is no big deal. Like that's not a big deal to me because I really don't care that much about it. However, to some people, they can't keep off of media and they spend hours and hours and hours and hours on media. And so, if they give that up, that is a big deal. But what is the point of doing that? So that we have more time to spend with God. If all you're doing is crucifying your flesh and you're not spending any 
more time with God, then you're not really fasting. Okay? So we have to understand that prayer and fasting connects you to God and it helps disconnect you from the world if you disconnect from the world. <laughs> okay? So fasting should put a demand on your life. You should feel uncomfortable. You know, like I have, I have candy bars sitting in my office right now. And, and, and I put them right where I sit. And then they call my name. And, and then I say, shut up. I'm not eating you. You don't get to control me. You're, you're, you're not calling my name anymore. I'm calling on his name. And you're dead. You're dead to me. You're dead to me. I took all the chocolate in my house and I threw it out. I'm like, no, you are not going to control me. I'm controlling you by the spirit of the living God. So if you remind me that you're there, I'm going to remind you of who I'm giving this to and I go read my Bible or I confess something or, or I pray because he's not going to win. He's not going to win. That's your attitude when you're fasting. Okay. So if you, you, during the fast, there is some conviction that should be happening. You should give the spirit permission to tell you what is wrong. And so let's look at the word. The most talked about place about fasting is Isaiah 58. So we're going to go there. And he says, he's, he's telling Isaiah, cry loudly, do not hold back. Raise your voice like a trumpet and declare to my people their transgression and to the house of Jacob their sins. So God is telling the prophet that his people are unable to see their own sins and he wants him to have the voice that reveals their sins. And so he's, he goes on to explain. They seek me day and night and they delight to know my ways as a nation that has done righteousness and has not forsaken the ordinance of their God. They ask me for just decisions and they delight in the nearness of their God. But God is, God is pointing this out. That they're keeping the ordinances. It's a part of their structure. They're doing their religious duties. That's what they're doing. Their religious duties. And because it's what they do, they've gotten into entitlement mentality. Okay, so God wants Isaiah to expose what's really going on in their hearts and how they really feel. And, and so he says, tell them this. Why have we, here's what they're saying. They're belly aching now to God. Why have we fasted and you do not see? Poor God. Okay. Why have we humbled ourselves and you do not notice? They're making accusations about God. You know, and, and before we go judging them, we have to understand that we can fall into the trap of the enemy and without realizing what has happened to us, you know, we, we get the same way. We're like, but I've done everything that you told me to do. I've lived my life right. I told them people this, and they're not listening to me. And nobody cares how I've lived my life righteously. And didn't you hear me when I prayed? And don't you pay attention to me when I fast? And don't you see that I'm a good little girl, and I'm doing everything right? And how come that if that's true, and I served all the days of my life, why didn't you do this? And why didn't you do that? And we, we go accusing God. Because we think we're all that. And we've done what he asked, and so we deserve it. We're entitled for him to do something for us. And so 
Behold, on the day of your fast, you find your desire, and you, but you drive hard all your workers. God said, God said, tell this. You want me to have all this mercy and to do all this stuff for you, and here you are mistreating other people. You think you're doing a fast right, but you're not doing a fast right if you didn't change your ways. If you don't have kindness in your heart, if you're not going out of your way to prefer one another in love, then you're not fasting right. So you can starve yourself if you want to, but if your heart doesn't change towards God and towards other people, you're not fasting right. Okay. He says this. Just tell them this. You're, fat, you're fasting for contention and strife. He ain't messing around. And to strike with a wicked fist. You do not fast like you do today to make your voice heard on high. He's going, he's, he's exposing them. He's like, you want other people to see you fasting. Like, my fast is better than your fast. Like, I'm only drinking water. I'm better than you who's only fasting media. You know, God is looking at your heart. He wants to know who is contrite before him and willing to change. The, what impresses God is your submission to him, your surrender to him, your longing to know him more. God is going to hear your cries and answer you. He's got many promises here. I'm getting to the promises, so don't get upset. But a fast that God has chosen is to expose what's wrong in your heart. Amen. Don't think you're going to get away. You start fasting and really seeking him, he's going to tell you and show you what's up inside of you. And when you start, when you start getting convicted, you're going to just like be going, how could that be? How could that possibly be? Yeah, well, at least you should. Okay, so their fast was to get God to do what they wanted him to do, but they, they were missing the whole point. And so... We have to be going out of our way to change other people's lives and not expect God to change all of our circumstances so we can feel better because we fasted. Oh, wow. The little selfish people that we are. Okay, so, verse 5. Isn't a fast like this, which I choose, a day for a man to humble himself? It is for bowing one's head like a reed and for spreading out sackcloth, sackcloth and ashes as a bed. Will you call this a fast, an acceptable day to the Lord? He's saying to them, this is not a time that you're supposed to be proud about your supposed sacrifice and to make sure that you do it in front of everybody so that they know what you're doing. No, instead it is the opposite. Verse 6. Is this not the fast what I chose? Ha. Ah, to loosen the bands of wickedness? To loosen the bands of wickedness? Now that goes both ways, people. We want him to loosen the bands of wickedness that's working against us. What about the bands of wickedness that we have in our own life? You want a fast right. You're going to God. You're going, I, I want to live holy. I want to live different. I, I don't want to live and have these sins hovering around me and sticking themselves all over me and 
you know, make my mind think wrong and, and causing my actions to follow my mind and these thoughts and Satan is like, he's always talking, you know, Satan's always talking, God's always talking too. It's who you're going to believe and who you're going to adhere yourself to. And so, so he says, I'm going to, the, the fast that I chose is to loosen the bands of wickedness. The wickedness. I don't have any wickedness in my heart. I don't know. Did you ask God that? Because he might have a different answer than you do. Just saying. Okay. To undo the yoke, the bands of the yoke. You know, you know what a yoke is? You, you can't move like you're supposed to move. A yoke keeps you imprisoned. A yoke is heavy. A yoke holds you down. A yoke makes you not be able to operate the way you're supposed to. A heavy yoke. And to let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke. So the picture here is powerful. Bonds are, are physically going to bind you up. They're going to put you in change. The spiritual world is real. There's a real God and there is a real devil. And he is always going to be trying to bind you up and to oppress you and to get you depressed and to get you to think wrong. He's always going to be around. But he doesn't have to affect your life. He doesn't have to. Okay. God wants us to be free. But until we press in and we actually believe God that we can be free in our life, we're always going to struggle with this. And so we should not be addicted to anything in our life. Everybody should say amen. Okay. <laughs> so I don't want to do drugs anymore. Oh, God. Fast and pray and get free. Break the bondage of that, okay? I, I don't want to be an alcoholic anymore. Oh, good. God has a way to set you free. You get in his presence. You seek his face. You fast. You pray until he tells you what it is, what yoke it is that Satan has brought against your life so it can be broken and you can be free. Hallelujah. He made you to be free. Okay, so uh, I, I don't want to be angry anymore. Well, it's not just the power of, I'm not going to say anything wrong anymore. I mean, just trying. But, but you see, it doesn't work. It doesn't work in our own strength. It works when we go to God and we go, oh, God, if you want me to change that, you're going to have to change my patterns. You're going to have to change the way I say things. You're going to have to change the way I think. You're going to have to change the way I impact people. Amen. Hallelujah. And so, whatever you, whatever God reveals to you that you need to adjust can be adjusted when you fast and pray. Okay, so, yesterday in the fasting guide, these statements were made. Unless Jesus is Lord of all, he is not Lord at all.
Because we're proving it out that he's not. Because we're still insisting on our own way. We're still insisting on our own. Because people are using them wrong instead of using them for good. And saying, okay, I have some things to overcome. And these are the gifts God gave me. They're saying, yeah, but, you know, it's my personality type to act like that. It's my personality type to act like a brat. It's my personality type to be overbearing. It's my personality type to go off into a corner and hide. None of that is from God. He gave us insight into personality types so we can see what is a gift to you and what is something you have to overcome so we can all come together with all of our gifts and get rid of all of our junk. Amen? Amen. And so, um, how, how does he become Lord of all? If he is not the Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. So, how... How do you surrender to his rule? Now that is a good question for somebody. Would you get that mic, please? Who wants to answer that? Unless Jesus is Lord of all, he is not Lord at all. So how do we surrender to his rule, practically speaking? Did anybody surrender to him more during this fast? Oh, yeah. Tell me what, okay? Are you saying yes, Lita, to this answer this question? Yes, I'm saying that I have surrendered to him. Amen. Oh, I am not my own. I want to be like Jesus. I want to seek him and ask him what I must do before I do it. This is why we all love you, Lisa. And stay before him on my face Amen. until I get an answer. Oh. Oh. And he does answer me. Oh, yeah. Amen. So if you want to know why Letha walks around here like a little angel, it's because of that. Because she has understood that no matter how much she's already learned, there's always more to learn. She understands that no matter how much she surrendered, there's always more to surrender. No matter how much she knows, there's always more to know. And no matter how much she prays, there's always more to pray. Mm -hmm. That is how you make the Lord the Lord of your life. Amen. You don't stop seeking Him. You don't stop changing. You don't stop justifying whatever you are or whoever you are. You say, Lord, I want to be like you. And until you are walking on water, you're not like him. I keep trying. I keep sinking. But I keep trying. Okay, so when you're calling Jesus Lord, but you're really withholding parts of your life for him, he really is a Lord. So when you consider him Savior, but you're not honoring him with your actions, is he really your savior? So did he save just parts of you? He, he gave you his blood and his life so he could have your entire life. But we think he's gonna take something away from us. We think he's a withholder, when in reality, we're the ones withholding. We withhold from him because we don't trust him. If you trusted that what he's going to ask you for is going to be better for your life, why would we withhold anything from him? Why? We need to renew our mind. He is, he is altogether good, just like Satan is altogether evil. 
Satan wants to kill, steal, and destroy you. That is what he does. And that is what he will be glad to do. He will be glad to usher people into hell, and he will not even care. He doesn't care. He gets people hooked on drugs and laughs at them because they're so uh, entrapped by him. He gets people to do any kind of other sin, and as long as they get into that sin, he's like happy. You're making Satan happy by giving it to him. And God is just like going, the cross. The cross is your way out. The cross is your way out. The blood is the way out. It, it will never lose its power. The blood will never lose its power. Salvation will never lose its power. You just have to come back. You just have to come back to the power of the cross. Amen? So what you have to do then is say, okay, is God a part of my life or is he part of my entire life? Is God part of my life? Or is he a part of my entire life? Like we have little pockets. You're allowed to be only here. I love you. I love you when I'm in church. I love you when I'm around people that agree with me. That's easy. But then the news comes on. All of a sudden, a lot of people lose their salvation when the news comes on. <laughs> my suggestion to you is turn it off. If that's you, just turn it off. What are you listening to it for? If Jesus Christ is Lord and he knows the beginning from the end, I trust you, it doesn't matter that much who's in the White House. It matters who's going to trust him. It matters who's going to take him at his word. It matters how they live their everyday life. Now, listen, if you're called to politics, then go ahead and be the president of the United States and do your best. Jesus is still going to win. All right? I'm just saying. Okay, so ask yourself this question. During this fasting and prayer, does your life speak Jesus? Yes. How long, if you're in a conversation with somebody, how long does it take you to bring up his name? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Five seconds. <laughs> That's why we love you, Dubby. Um, <laughs> so, but sometimes we can sit for hours and talk to people. And we haven't even talked about Jesus. We haven't talked about what he's done for us. We haven't given them our testimony. We haven't, we're not delighted with him. We're not amazed at what he told us yesterday or today or this morning or in prayer. Because we haven't been with him that much. And so, you know, we can't live on yesterday's victories. we got to have a victory today. And when you are fired up about the victories that he is doing in your life, you can't shut up. And you're not supposed to shut up. And then all of a sudden, he starts moving and Jesus' name gets glorified, not yours. Hallelujah. And so does your life speak Jesus? When people are around you, do they think about him? Or do they think about your trouble? Or do they think about your negativity? Or are they thinking about their problems? Or are they thinking about the news? What are they thinking about when they're around you? What are you projecting to the world? Because somebody is looking for a light. Somebody is looking for answers. Somebody is looking for hope. Somebody is looking for something tangible that they can hold on to. Somebody's looking for power. Those people that have power. That's supposed to be us, the church. The church. Okay, so, so um, you know, people can get saved so easy. And we think it's just, I don't know why we think it is. I don't know. It's so weird. The way we think just is so weird. 
Okay, so first of all, we think there, there has to be this amazing altar call. You know, the pastor has to be the one who does it. We have to, like, get everybody revved up about Jesus, and then we got to draw them down, and then we got to get them to say this little prayer, and then their whole life is going to change, except for many times people say a prayer because they feel pressured, and their life doesn't change at all. Now I'm saying some people did get saved that way, and that's fine, too. But many times, people's lives get changed by a changed life. That's the way Jesus, what did he do with his disciples? He trained them how to act with a changed life so that other people would want what they have. That's when he got them together and said, hey, you know, I'm glad you're living off of my anointing. Now I want you to see what happens when that anointing flows through you. Now get out of here, two by two. Go do what I just did. I do it everywhere. They're like, ah, you know what? We don't have what you have. You're the son of God. <laughs> and he's like, what do you do? You do have the same power. You have the power to raise people from the dead. You have the power to cast out devils. You have the power to speak in tongues. You have the power, even if they try to kill you and you drink it, you won't die. Go tell them. Go be the living people. Go be alive for me. Amen? And so, so you know, you don't know who you're, you don't even know who you're praying for and how long it's going to take them. How many of you prayed for years about somebody? How many are still praying for years for people? Yeah, amen. Okay, so, and you go, what, we could all be those little brats, like in Isaiah 58, going, well, he didn't live. Well, how do you know he's not moving right now? Because if he said he's going to move, and he's he's faithful to your prayer, to your honor his word, and you're praying his word over people, that, that he will be faithful to perform it. That's what he says. Okay, so, so I'm going to give you an example of this. This is one of my favorite testimonies. So I was just with Pastor uh, Gary and Kim, uh, Randy and Joan from Canada. They came in for a moment, so I went up to see them in wherever we went on Wednesday. And, um, and so Pastor Kim is telling me how, you know, God is getting me excited about God again, and I'm expecting great things, and, and it's amazing what God is doing, and, and you know, our, our young people are excited about God, and they're getting other people excited about God, and, and they're, they're dragging other people in, and, and that's what everybody here needs to do, so, you know, be excited about God, drag people in, you know, go into the highways and byways and compel them to come in, because we need to train them up and send them out to do more, okay. So anyway, she's telling me how that's happening and how excited they are. And so she said, you know, Pastor Gary is known to just recognize gifts in people. And that's just like his major gift. The major gift that he has is looking at somebody and going, ah, you'd be good at this. And so they, they met this guy and he was all, you know, tattooed up and rock star looking. And, and Gary goes, hey, you'd be great on the drums. He goes, actually, I am a drummer. And he goes, oh, cool. How would, you like to, how would you like to worship in our worship team and do the drums? And he goes, uh, mm, uh, okay. And Gary goes, well, you need to be saved. So he's like, <laughs> so, you know, this is all that means. Is that you're, you're, you want to be free and you want to serve Jesus. And he goes, all right, I, I do. I, I do want to be free. I'll do that. I, I, yeah. Well, how do I do that? So Gary prays with them, lays hands on them and everything, so he's back there. And all of a sudden, in one of the songs, they're going hallelujah. You know the hallelujah chorus? 
I'm sure it was rock style though, because I don't know how you do that rock style, but anyway. And so he stops the music. The guy stops the music and he goes, oh no, it was Hosanna, Hosanna. And he goes, who, who are we Hosanna? Who, who is this to? Like, what is this for? What, what, what are we saying? You know? And so the whole church got to see this guy who's barely saved want to know who it is that we're worshiping today. Now see, that's a new thing for you, isn't it? But I don't care if you have gifts and you're saved, you can use your gifts and they will draw you deeper in God. You know, we have this mindset that everybody has to be all cleaned up before they're used. How about if we use them, they'll get all cleaned up because they're going to sit in the presence of God while they're doing it. How about that? How about we grab a hold of people and we get them excited because we're so excited? How about that? And their excitement is contagious. Go ahead, bring in a whole bunch of crazy people because our love for God is full and it flows and it will interject with them. And it will cause them to be different. Why are we trying to set ourselves apart from the world in the way that we don't interact with them. We're supposed to set ourselves apart from the world in the way we don't do what they do. But we are supposed to interact with them and draw them in. This is our jobs. This is your assignment if you would like to take it. Reach the lost at any cost. This tape will explode in a few minutes. <laughs> you decide if you will take this on, okay? So, don't tell me God can't do it. He can heal somebody on a football team, and he can get this guy to stop worship and say, who are we singing Hosanna to? What does that mean? Oh, come on. When we fast, not only does God locate what we need to, to be set free of, but he helps us to pray in a way to help others get free. You... This is what happens. If you're really doing the fast way, you're losing your focus on yourself. Amen. You're losing your focus on yourself that yourself needs to die. Amen. So you begin to feel God's heart for somebody. Now you, you got out of the, okay, here's my list. I'm fasting. Here's the list I want. Well, that's what they got yelled at in Isaiah 58. Or, and instead of doing that, you're like going, God, I see them. I see them, I see them, and I know they're lost. I see them, and I know they're hurting. I see, I see young people who are uncomfortable in their own skin. They're looking for answers, but they're finding the wrong ones. I see them hurting. I see them crying. I see them, I see them needing some answers. Lord, Lord, can you, can you do something about it? And he goes, yes, I sent you now. I sent you. Lord, I'm praying, and I, and I, see, the, I see the division everywhere. There's so much divide. There's a the great divide. And, and, God, and God says, yeah, you're, you're the one to bring unity. You're the voice of unity. I want you to talk about unity. I want you to bring people together. I want you to be that, that person that operates differently. That's, that's what I called you to do. And then, and then our victory is that in this 
same section of scripture in Isaiah 58. He gives us lots of promises. If we just do it right his way. He gives us lots of promises. He says, in verse 6, he promises that fasting would break the, the bands and the yoke and, and let the oppressed go free, and we talked about that. But then at the second part of verse 7, he says another important promise. He says, do, and do not hide yourself from your own flesh. This is like the most amazing thing that happens in a fast. Is that you're not going to hide yourself from your own flesh. Janice, I need you. So we were in the office, and Janice was, you know, Janice is pretty transparent. <laughs> so she's telling me about what happens when she was reading the fasting guide and how all of a sudden she recognized something in her life, and she didn't want it in her life anymore. And so I asked her if, I, if she'd be willing to say this, and she said she would. So Janice, what happened to you? So this was the day, actually it was day one, um, when in the fasting guide uh, we were asked in the activation, if you're not doing your activations, you need to do your activations because it'll change your life. So it was, the activation was um, to go to um, the book of Acts, but not the first two chapters, and just pick something and read and allow God to show you something that you hadn't seen before. So I just you know flipped open. And I landed on Acts 11, which was um, Peter was now sharing to the other apostles and disciples <clears throat> how what the Lord had done with him. So, and it was the story, many of you remember, Peter, Peter was sitting on his rooftop and the sheep came down with the hooved animals on it, you know. And the Lord said to him, go ahead and eat. And, you know, and every good Jewish person would know, Lord, I, I've been following your commandments all my life. I'm, I'm not going to eat that unclean stuff. I mean, what are you talking about? And then twice, this sheep came down a second time with these animals on it. And the Lord was like, eat. And he was like, Lord, no, I'm not going to eat. You know, what are you talking about? And um, a knock came at the door. And what he didn't know was that this other dude named Cornelius was, you know, doing his thing, giving offerings to the Lord and praying to the Lord. Who was a Gentile, and um, but and he sent somebody to go get Peter to come to his household to speak to him. So Peter's up there, you know, having this moment with his sheep coming down, and somebody comes and knocks on the door, and um, and here's something I didn't even tell you that stood out to me too was that the Holy Spirit, the guy that came to the door, summoned Peter and said, "Hey, you need to come to whatever my master's house. I don't remember if it was a master or what, and it was a Gentile home, and you know, Peter." Peter was like, you know, Jewish people didn't hang out with the Gentiles. You know what I'm saying? And, and the Lord showed him that everything that I've created is clean. Amen. And, and Peter realized that the animals that were on the sheet, oh, there it goes. the animals that were on the sheet, the Lord was saying, like, you know, I created them. And, you know, so it's okay, you know. It's okay, and it's, it is okay to eat hoofed animals. <laughs> um, but the Lord was preparing him for a Gentile to come and say, come to my house, right? And so he knew, and this is the thing I can tell you, the Holy Spirit told him to go. And that just leapt out at me, and of course he obeyed, and he went. And even in that, I was like, Lord, I want to live that life. 
where I'm hearing the Holy Spirit say, do it. And I'll bet, you know, and I just do it. So that's, you know, part of what I'm praying for, and that I hear the more. Anyway, but here's what the Lord put on my heart. So I'm reading this. Now listen, I've read this story before, right? I know this story. But, um, you know, so I'm just taking it in, and all of a sudden I realize the Lord just put on my heart that, ah. <laughs> You know how we all, as Christians, say, you know, love the sinner, but hate the sin, right? And the Lord put on my heart that, like the, I'm just putting it out there, the LGBTQ, you know, yes, movement, you know, that I, I, you know, I would say that I love, because I love all people, right? I have Christ in me, I love all people. But he, he showed me that that I was not looking at them as clean, you know? I was, I was like Peter, I was looking at them like, you know, like even though I loved them and I would minister to them, you know, the Lord was showing me that, you know, I, I created them in their mother's womb. And, you know, they have been deceived by the enemy into this lifestyle, right? And, and listen, you know, I work with young, we do young people, right? And that's one of the biggest attacks on the young people is this movement of their identity and, uh, you know, which has probably caused me to harden my heart a little more against that movement. And I had to repent and lay that down and the Lord just, you know, I just wept. I mean, like I'm crying, I just wept out of my pad, you know, and I'm like, I'm so sorry, God, for not seeing them as the children that you love. And I've been judging them, Lord, because they're attacking the generation that I, you know, love. And of course he loves too, but he loves them. And, and like I said, I would never have said I don't love them. Of course I love them. But I recognize that there was a judgment in my heart anyway. And, and it wasn't just the, you know, then he also showed me, hey, it's not just them. You have a problem in your heart against evil politicians. <laughs> and I was like, yes, I do. <laughs> and um, and it was for the same thing because you know they you know in my mind they but they're attacking this young generation you know with some of the things that they're pushing and whatever agendas. And the Lord said, and I created them in their mother's womb too, and they too have been deceived by an evil one who is behind that cause, you know. And uh, anyway, so, you know, I'm just being obedient, reading the book of Acts. You know what I'm saying? And, and then, you know, he just showed me, you know, he just showed me. So as long as we are letting our heart be available during this time period to, for him to reveal the things. Like, I, I never in a million years would have thought I had that judgment in my heart to that extent. You know what I'm saying? And he's just faithful and good. Okay, stay, stay right here. Okay, now. Now here's what's happening in this room. Now God is here, and he is willing to show you where you have judgment against somebody else. Now, here's your opportunity to get set free. I don't know who you are or, you know, but I know all of us have formed judgments. I will never forget the night that the Lord told me, you know, I always pray for people that have been human trafficked. I think it's the worst thing that anybody could ever face. I think it, 
dehumanizes people, and, and I hate it. I absolutely hate it. But what I didn't know is I also hated the human traffickers. Hated them. And the Lord said, I want you to pray for them. And I said, I can't. I can't pray for them. And he said, you're going to pray for them. And I couldn't hide from my own flesh anymore. Because he said, they're mine too. Somebody's got to pray for them. You don't know who they are. I mean, let's go talk about Paul for a minute. Okay. So he killed children, mothers, fathers. And Jesus called him. Showed up and called him. Who are we to decide? Who are we to judge? And in all of our hearts, we could have judgment. We could have judgment against some other people in a different religion. We could have judgment against people because of their lifestyle, the way they look, the way they act, the way they talk, the way they cuss. The, 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 just so many things. Listen, we have lots of opportunities because Satan is escalating his evil. But here's what we have to understand. We're not fighting against flesh and blood. We're fighting against principalities and powers and wickedness and high places, man. We, we, we're, we're on the wrong side of this. We don't have to agree with their lifestyle. We're not going to agree with something that's against the word of God. We're not going to. We're going to take a stand against that. But you know how to change it? Prayer and love. Prayer and love. Love changes things. Not telling them what they're doing wrong. How many, how many times did you do something wrong? You wanted somebody to believe in the good in you and not to just focus on the evil. Am I right? So here's our moment. We can't hide from our own flesh unless we insist upon our flesh. During a season of fasting and prayer, which I believe so much, God wants his body to change. He's trying to, to change the way we act, the way we think, the way we respond in church, the way we respond out of church. And all he wants is your permission. He just needs your permission to say, I don't care what it is that you show me. I need to know because I need to change. And I'm willing to change if you'll be with me. God is not a hard taskmaster. He's not going to ask you to change and not help you with the change. He's going to empower you to change. But you see, we're, we're running away from the things that are uncomfortable for us to handle. We, we, we don't know how to handle it, so we just keep burying it and making excuses. Well, I don't know how to live a different way. Oh, but he does. He knows how to get you past those things. He knew what to do to Peter. He knew what to give him a dream. He knew that once he had a dream, he could have his heart. Once he had the Spirit speak to him, he could have his way. Once he showed up in his room, he knew that he could count on Peter to go to a Gentile, which was unthinkable before that. All of those people that God is waiting to rescue, 
He's counting on us. But what are we hiding from? Who is it that we hold ought against? Who is it that we consider wicked? And what are we doing that we haven't surrendered to him? And so, bow your heads for just a moment. Adonis, I want you to pray. Pray that they'll see and pray that they'll respond. Okay? Father, we are not we are not taking this fast lightly. No. And we are not taking the words kingdom living lightly. Lord, we understand that you are bringing us to a higher level in every area of our walk with you, Lord. And we are a willing people. We are a willing people. Our hearts are willing, Lord, and we say yes to you no matter what. So, Father, I ask by your spirit, Lord, that you would release the spirit of revelation and the spirit of a holy, loving conviction, Lord, into every heart that's in this room, Lord, and, and anybody who's listening online. Father, that you would reveal anything in us, Lord, even now, that we would have, that we have had judgment against anyone or a, a people group or if there's anything else, Lord, that has been concealed that we haven't seen, the enemy has blinded us from it, Lord, show us it today. Because we want nothing in our hearts, Lord, keeping us from loving the way that you love and from serving you the way you deserve your people to serve you on the earth, Lord. So I ask you, Holy Spirit, to bring the revelation that everyone here would hear whatever it is, Lord, in their life. And that they, too, would take the time, now or later, to give it to you completely, to surrender it to you, Lord. And that they would have your heart in that matter, your eyes to see in that matter. And I thank you, Lord, that you are faithful and you are good. <clears throat> And, and you will do it for them like you did it for me. In Jesus' name. So I'm going to take it one step further now. Is anybody willing to say what God located in your heart today? There's something about giving your testimony in front of people that seals the deal. Janice, that's why I asked her. It's because, come on, Trish. Uh, when you, when God moves like this, and you confess it out of your mouth, Satan loses ground. He's setting you free. And so, I thank you for doing this. So, when you are vulnerable, Satan won't be able to come back and try this again, because you've just taken a public stand against his tactics. And so, Trish, would you share, please? So I think 
Was he green? So I've been participating in, in the fast, but in kind of a, I won't say half-hearted, but just do what you're told to do. And, and I knew that wasn't enough. I knew God wanted more. And so today, what I have, I have been asking him for during the fast was one thing. And today, he told me he was sitting right there to ask for power. Because it's going to take power to do what I have to do. Yes. So people have been coming to me lately. People have been coming to me lately. Um, for, for example, yesterday I was at a, a conference with young people. Um, a church conference at a community, and it was about, my part was to do something on what I've learned from teaching for so many years in DJJ, and what young people are going through, and, and how the, the kids need help so that they can stop going back and forth to DJ. So that's what I talked about for 20, 30 minutes, and I told them what my background was, and so forth, and as soon as my session was over, another person came up to start their session, but one lady was a parent there, and she pulled me aside, and she says, I need to talk to you because I need help with my daughter. Because my daughter is being attacked. She wants to kill herself. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to find a therapist, and no therapist wants to take us, and there's nobody. And this is not the first time. This is like multiple times I've seen the kid is 14 years old, and the parents are like at wit's end. And, and these, these kids need deliverance. They need help, and we can't do it on our own. It takes power to deliver somebody from the devil telling them that they're no good, they gotta kill themselves or whatever. The thing is deep, this thing here deep, and our teens are suffering with that. Yeah. It's gonna take power. Amen. So, the Lord, yes. I was gonna call you up here. <laughs> Well, like what Trish was saying, as a teenager, I'm constantly under attack. You are put in a school where you just kind of have to accept people as you are, and if you don't, you're called a freak, and if you don't, you're just attacked. And quite recently, I let those attacks get to me, and I strayed away from God. And so I go to youth, and we're at youth, and Janice and Steve are like, we're going to do the fasting guide, and every single night we're going to have a Zoom, and we're going to talk about what we learned, and, you know, there's a prize at the end if you do it. So I'll admit, at first, I was like, I'm going to get the prize. Doesn't matter. Dangle the prize. The prize is really, really good. Like this, And then, so the first night, it started off very, very rocky. I was like, oh, you know, we did it. The second night, I, like, cleansed the page, and then we discussed it. And I took my notes, and I was like, oh, wow, this is deep. And then... I think it's day four. She, um, you wrote, your enemies with God, your enemies with your footstool. That's five. And we came to youth, and we came up here, and we got, we asked for the atmosphere to come in, and we asked for God to come in. And Mariella prayed for me, and she kind of just released me into giving me my power. And then <laughs> yesterday, um, 
we went out and we were just like 10. And we started, a topic came up and we started talking about it. And I had to make a decision based on my maturity and God and my identity and God, which I received from reading the fasting guide and was like, no way, wait, this is me. And the main, the main, the main goal of this fasting guide is you're a princess. You're a queen. You have authority. You need to act into your power. So it hit me. I'm a powerful warrior. And then I was like, wait, where is my identity? I haven't been enacting in my identity. I need to step up and get into my identity. And then Mariella prayed me in, and, and we, we just started like going at it, and, and, and just like then me putting myself in a place of authority and accepting my authority allowed my authority to get passed down to my family, and allowed me to pray for my family and pray for things that my family desired, and create an atmosphere for my family and the authority that would need to be placed in. So we all reiterated our identities that we were lacking and that we lost because it was a lot easier to get enloped in the world than to step back and face it and, and be the one who makes a difference when it comes to having to be powerful. And the hardest part is to look, Mr. Steve told me this, the hardest part about Christianity is persevering and, and pushing through it. We were passing by and I was like, I don't, I didn't really want to come to youth today. It took her a lot out of me to get out of bed and go to youth today because I was in pain, I was hurting, and I got out and he said, you know, perseverance is what like makes or breaks it. So I kept that with me, and it really is the perseverance to stand up and, and step into your authority that will make or break and, and save the next generation. Kids like me who are, who are wondering, and kids like me who are just so lost and that are looking for help and they can't find it, or those who who even of us are lost and are, are just wondering and walking around in circles trying to find out where where we're going. We're trying and we're keeping through and we're pushing through, but we're not because we're not looking where we need to look. And it's just authority and authority is scary, guys. Being in charge is scary, but it's, it's really just be in charge because you're not in charge. God is in charge. That's it. So, like, I'm sorry, like, I don't know if me talking to you guys like this is a little intimidating, but, uh, it's intimidating for me. I'm intimidated, but, like, as an adult, and I'm sorry if, like, a kid tells, we have to step into our authority. Like, our authority needs to be stepped into, and I noticed that as a kid, and I can only imagine you guys noticing it as adults. So, like, overall... We just have to step into our authority because I'm a kid and I can only do so much of a greater thing you guys can do as adults. Mm -hmm. So, step into your authority. This is what happens at Liberty Life Center. Step into your authority and pray for those kids that are just like you, that need someone just like you. I think we prayed Friday. <laughs> oh, 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 there you go. I was going to go that way. <laughs> all right. Let's do it. We all need everybody's gifts. You need this gift. She's releasing what Trish started, well, and what they started, and it takes, and what Mariella followed up on, this is what happens. It needs people after people after people after people to connect the dots 
to release somebody into the fullness of who they are so that they can release others into the fullness of who they are. And this is what the body of Christ needs to learn and get a part of because this will bring life to you and it will bring life to others because we speak eternal things. Okay, go ahead, I declare restoration in those who are lost and struggling in their identity. I declare restoration in those who are struggling with their identity, not only in Christianity, but in their identity of who they are and who God has created into me. I, oh, I give them their identity back. I hand them your identity. I'm giving it to them. And use us as vessels to show them our identity. Let them look at us and wonder what is with them. I want some of that. Let us be fueled up. Let us have power in us. Give us the power that we know we have. Let us feel the power we know we have so we can touch somebody and they are like, what the heck? I want more of that. Let us be the vessels that are used. Let us be, give us inspiration and give us the power and the, and the will to do it as we do this fast. Give us the determination to get up and read the word and, and, and not just follow what the paragraph says and not just follow what the guide says, but dig deep. Let us use each other as a community so we can dig deep together. Let us have a community where we can call each other up and be like, no way, what did you get from this fasting, guys? That is so dope. Create a restoration in, in, in our community and in, in, in the ability to reach people. I pray for those who, who are looking up to you right now and crying out because they're about to end it. <laughs> I pray for those who are about to enter that they feel your warmth and they feel your joy and they drop the knife, they drop the blame, they drop the drugs. I declare a restoration to people in their identity. I declare a restoration to people in their ability to reach out. I provoke and I remove the fear of people and I remove the fear of people being willing to ask people questions and being willing to talk to people because they're afraid of being sick. I put the government back in line and back in line into you. I I knocked out any attacks of the enemy and the, and his goals to attack your people. And I, I restore their ability in to see you and to understand you and to just be touched. Whether it's just a hand on their shoulder or a hug that they feel. Just give them the feeling of your warmth. Father, we call them in from the north, the south, the east, and the west, Lord, out of the darkness and into your light. Lord, I pray that everybody in this church and everybody watching online gets a heart for the young adults, for the young people, Lord, for those that are, in, are being uh, tormented and are called to help lead the turnaround time. And Lord, I just thank you, Lord, we, are, we the older people, are there for them to change and to train and to, to put them into the right places, Lord. I thank you for those that have stepped up and stepped into what you're doing right now, Lord, and that they care enough about them to go after them and to tell them the truth and to give them, give them a place where they can live and breathe and know who they really are. Father God, I just thank you, God. You've got a hold of us, Lord, and you've got a hold of your church, and you've got a hold of Lord, and you've got a hold of the young people, and that you're doing something that is mighty and glorious on this earth, and that you are announcing yourself. 
So, Father, we open our hearts for all the people that we haven't been open to before. Lord, for anybody that has had prejudice against the Muslims or, or any other group of people, Lord. Lord, I just pray that, that, that all of those walls are falling down, Lord. We don't have an enemy in the flesh. We have an enemy that we are fighting against in the spirit. And, Lord, as long as we keep our eyes on you, we win. We win. And so, Father, we call forth the victory. We call forth your heart. We, I call this body to start praying on their knees and to intercede for every generation. Every generation to come alive again in you. Every generation to know you. Those all across the board that you died for. All of the ones that you love. All of the ones that you paid the price for, Lord. I pray for, for an awakening in the body of Christ. That they will arise and they will go. They will arise and they will have the goods. They will arise and they will go with power. Because you hear and you answer our prayers, Lord. And I thank you, Lord, that we are going to see the fruit of our labor. And we call in the harvest this year. Not for us, but for your glory. For your glory that your kingdom expands. That your kingdom expands as we live the way you've called us to live. And we thank you, Lord, for multiplication and excitement, Lord, and testimonies that we can't even keep up with. Lord, I thank you for it, and I give you all the praise for it. And I thank you for Lauren, and I thank you for the young people, and I thank you for the leaders of Steve and Janice, and Lord, I thank you for this body that supports them. And Lord, I thank you for all of us having our voices back with you, with power. Lord, and without anything between us and you, Lord, cleansed and submitted in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. 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 What? Now, that's the way the body of Christ is supposed to look. Amen. This is how we have to live. What if what if there wasn't, what if there wasn't a time of fasting and prayer at Liberty Life Center? Do you think that would make a difference? What if people didn't do the fast? What if people didn't come to church? What if people quit praying? What if nobody was engaging? All of those things matter. What if Steve and Janice didn't press through? What if they go, you know, really? These kids are hard. How many of you know teenagers are, you know, hard? They have hard things. But they didn't give up on them. They just kept pressing through. And they go, yeah, we're going to do this every night. I'm like, every night. And so I go on every night to watch them. But, and the leaders are helping them. They're not doing it alone. You know why? Because somebody came alongside of them to bring their dreams to come to pass. Are they worth it? Does this make your heart happy? Yeah. And this is what I live for. This is what we all should live for. It's not about it's not about what I do. It's what, but it is about what I do. It's about what you do too. If I didn't obey God, then then what will we have? If you don't obey God, what will we have? Because I need you as much as you need me. And so, you know, we have. We have great things. I'm going to finish talking about that in the next week, obviously. But um, and maybe we'll do it different with the with the table talk. But I think you get the idea. 
I think you understand that you can't, you can't keep going the way that you've always been going and expect a different result. You understand that, right? Yeah. This is the season where we can, we can grab a hold of the truth of what God is releasing right now and become exactly everything we've dreamed of. Powerful, on fire, making a difference people. And if you don't feel that way, then today is your day of salvation. Because God will always, if you truly have his heart, it will always not, it'll be beyond you. It'll be you, because we all need Jesus. But it'll be you, and it'll be beyond you, because his heart is full of people, of every nation. I remember when God... You know, he called us to liberty. He called us to Davy. You know, I was happy with that. I didn't want to go to the nations. That's somebody else's job. You know, let them go to the nations. And then God said, no, it was the opposite. I wanted to go to the nations. I didn't want to be here. My husband wanted to stay here and not go to the nations. I'm like, I'm going to stay in the nations. That's fine. And then one night God said, during, during prayer, he goes, you can't. Go to the nations if you don't embrace the vision of your own house. I go, what do you mean? I embrace the vision. I'm working here. And, and he goes, no, you don't love the people of, of baby and the surrounding areas. i got to put them in your heart, too. And I go, I thought he did, like, it would edge out the nations. I'm like, no, I want to keep my nation. I want the nation. And he's like, your heart is big enough to hold the nations, too. And this area. And I go, well, in that case, bring it and so he stuck Davy in the surrounding areas and all of you inside my heart the same way he had the nations inside of me. The nations were free. You guys had to be like he had to shove you in me. And so I, I know that he was giving me a heart to, to really care for every person that comes to this church. And so prophet and the pastor worked together in order to bring about what God wants on this earth. This is what we all need. And the way that it happens is when everybody does their part. And when we're all crying out for the same things. This is the time we get to be different. We get to be different. We're not only going to get used to different, we're going to be the difference. Amen? Yeah. You're called, you're chosen. And this is why. So today... I'm going to end with this. I'm sorry I'm a little bit over, but like, I'm hoping that Liberty will just get to the point where we really don't care about time again. When I took over this church, when I had to, we stayed till 2 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Now, I'm not saying I'm going to keep you here till 2 or 3 in the afternoon, but there's going to be a day when God will keep you here, and you won't care. Just please look that out there where it is. Okay. So today... We get John and Helen and their family to come to the front because we get to pray over them and send them. This is so exciting. So for those of you who do not know, um, uh, Cindy's mom and dad, well, Cindy's whole family, has been in Indonesia. She was raised in Indonesia to missionary family. Cindy, you too. You all get to come on. Okay. And so... Well, I just want them to come. They can tell you better than I can all of this stuff. But here's what's happening. The, 
They're going to go to Cambodia next Saturday. Huh? They're going to go to Cambodia next Saturday because Helen's parents, David and Muriel Ellison, were the first missionaries to Cambodia and started the church in Cambodia 100 years ago. Now, this is a legacy coming walking up here. This is a legacy that says, this is how you serve God, and this is what God will do when you obey him. Okay, so Helen was born after they were there 10 years, and now she is the only second-generation person that is still living, and we're so happy. Thank you, Jesus. And so she's going to go speak to the Cambodian church. Wow. Now, come on. And so, and to charge them and to help them to keep going and to keep staying strong. And so they're traveling with Cindy. We all know Cindy and love her. And we also know Patty, which we also love, and her husband, Barry. And they're all wonderful, serving Jesus people. Amen. Now, this is 100 years of serving God and seeing lives changed. And so, um, Patty and Barry going back to Papua, right? And so, for four years. And your, your visa finally came through. Well, praise God. We prayed hard for that, didn't we? <laughs> and the fact that they want to go back, these are people that actually love the nation. And the population is mostly Muslim. You see how you can't have anything in your heart against anybody? Because if you do, how would they go there and be effective? But when you love everybody like Jesus loves them, you can reach them. Amen? And so we're going to send them off and pray over them. So would the um, elders come forward that are here? I don't know who all is here today. And we're going to pray and release you in all of the good things of the Lord. Oh, and I'm going to add this, which I the Lord told me to do this uh, last night. So... Patty and Barry are going back to Indonesia, and they're missionaries. Now, we give all the time at Liberty Life Center. I don't know if you are aware. I send you out your tithing letter. If you tithe, you find out how much we give to people. Because I always make sure at the end of the year, whatever the tithes were that came in here, I make sure we give way more out than 10%. So we are supporting many different places because I believe in this. Yes, I take your money and I give it away. I see to multiply back to us. Okay. So these are people that we love. These are people that are the extension of our heart and our family. And so I want you to be, pray and ask God if you're supposed to support them on a monthly basis because they're going to go to Indonesia, and we get to be a part of that seed. Now, we've sown into the Bible that, thank you for writing, and all of that. We've sown into that, and we're going to keep giving. But I would love to honor this family. Yeah. <laughs> and prove it by us standing behind them and sowing seed into their, into their lives and into their legacy. Amen? So... Just pray about it. I am sure God is going to make you do it. <laughs> <laughs>
because he's not going to let us hide from our own flesh. <laughs> and so uh, above, above your tithe, this can be another offering as unto the Lord every month to make sure that they have all of their needs met so that they can meet the needs of others. Amen? So we love you and we thank you for that. So you're the, you're going to be speaking the matriarch of the family. And we are so proud of you, and I'm so grateful that I get to have this time with you guys at Liberty. So it's an answer to my prayer. And I honor all of you, <laughs> with you so much. But I also honor your legacy and what your parents did, and I know that's what is driving you there. And I just pray safety over you. I pray that this trip will not be hard, but instead it will be invigorating that you will be driven by the Holy Ghost and you'll have just the right words to say. And that those words will go through the air and they will impact them and let them know it's worth it to go forward and to keep going. And I know that's your heart. And I know you've loved entirely because God has loved you entirely and you know it. And so I, I pray blessings over you and your family, all of them. I pray the blessing into you to, to be who you need to be in those moments in Cambodia. It's a long trip, but it's very important. And so we bless you. And so, Father, I release, Lord, the anointing of this house of agreement into heaven, Lord. I thank you for it. I thank you, Lord. She'll feel your fire on her life. She'll feel your words coming out of her mouth, and she'll know that with all the preparation that she has made, Lord, you are the best speaker. <laughs> and Lord, we're depending on that. We're depending on you taking her words and carrying them, Lord, into the hearts of the people that are broken and are ready to give up, and they'll be revived again to live and to love for you, Lord. And I just thank you for that, Lord, and we honor, we honor what you are doing, Lord, and how you've done it through this family for so long, I thank you for it, Lord. I thank you, I thank you for John. I thank you for how his heart is for all the nations and all the people, Lord. I thank you for how he has been a, a spokesperson for you, Lord, and I honor him for that. I thank you for his wisdom and Lord, all that stuff you've given his brain for. I, I am in awe of you. And Lord, he gives you all the glory. And I thank you, God, that he will continue. And Lord, we protect them in the spirit realm. Lord, we thank you that atmosphere is for you. And you will keep it safe. And you will keep it productive and reproducing, Lord. And Lord, I thank you for Patty, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for her servant's heart, Lord. And how she never complains. She just never complains. I, I'm in awe of how you have taken and form their hearts, Lord, to be a heartbeat after you, Lord. And so I bless her, and I bless Barry and all of their efforts and continuing efforts that their desire is to complete the work you've called them to. And Lord, I thank you, there are people waiting for them. They're waiting for them to return, and they're waiting to celebrate them going home to where you've called them, Lord. And I just thank you for that. And Lord, I just thank you for Cindy and Eric, Lord, and I thank you that, Lord, you called them here, praise God. And I thank you, Lord, 
that as they have been supporters here in every way, they have been faithful in every way. And that they are, they are determined to be who you want them to be, where you've called them to be, Lord. And Lord, they are equally as important, Lord, because those that are here in this church know that they are pillars that have made the difference, that their words have made the difference, that their prayers have made the difference, that their steadfastness has made a difference, and that we can count on them. And so, Lord, we bless them as a part of this legacy. And Lord, we thank you that all are working together to complete your picture of what you have, Lord, for them to complete. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. you guys have anything to add? You I just want to just declare that the first hundred years yeah. in Cambodia is only the tip of the iceberg oh, that's so good. for the next hundred years. And Lord, I know that your anointing is is going with with mom's words and that the church there is inspired and revived and anointed for the next hundred years in Jesus name and Lord I bless Patty and Mary going back Lord what we heard they work with young people in, in Papua and Lord, what we heard this morning is the challenge that it is. Yeah. And Lord, you have equipped Patty yes. and Mary. They are well equipped mm -hmm. to minister to the hearts and lives of young people. In Jesus' name. Just feel led to pray for travel safeties. So in the name of Jesus, I just thank you, Father, that, that the traveling there, it's a long way. So, Father, that you give them rest in the travel, that there are no complications yeah. with the travel. Exactly. And, Lord, that their bodies yeah. are renewed mm -hmm. in this travel. Yes. And that there's no problems with the bodies. There's exactly. no problems with, with the airlines. There's no problems with any part of it. We just, we just speak your life over them. We speak health into their bodies. We speak a newness into their bodies. We speak that into them right now in Jesus' name. And we thank you, Father, that going there and coming home, that you are protecting them. We send a, the, a hedge of protection of angels surrounding them throughout this entire trip, Lord, that, that they are used for your glory in Jesus' name. In Jesus name. And I just declare a spiritual protection as well yes. in Jesus' name. Oh, good. Lord, I just... I see you going before them like in a chariot and just as uh, a boat leaves a wake that goes ahead and that wake is dispersing any attacks of the enemy that you are going forward Lord ahead of them dispersing any attacks of the enemy so we just declare Lord God an accomplishment for what you are looking to do in this trip, Lord God, and in this season in Papua, Lord, that whatever opposition the enemy has planned, that, Lord, that you have thwarted it already, that you have defeated it already, because you're going ahead of them. 
You're going ahead of them, preparing the land, preparing the hearts, preparing the field. And Lord, that you would strengthen them, Lord God, as they put their hands down in the plow, Lord God. And Lord, we call in this harvest that they're going any for, Lord God, that it would multiply a hundredfold, Lord God. And we thank you, Father, for your divine protection, Lord God, and for the setting of the atmosphere, Lord, in the places where they're going to set foot on, that you've been there already, Lord God. And whatever the enemy has planned, that you already know ahead of time, Lord God, and you will use it for good. In Jesus' name. Amen. And the people said, Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you so much. I love you guys. I love you all. We're so proud of all of you. <laughs> so much. Thank you for cheering on today. I, I, I receive it. I receive it. I receive it. All right. I love you. Hold on. Okay. But who do you love the most? Jesus. Okay, good. And who loves you the most? Jesus. All right. And who loves everybody in the whole world the most? Jesus. All right. We got him in our hearts now, right? So we're going to act differently. So go out and be, be the answer for somebody today. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us today at Liberty Life Center. We hope you were challenged and encouraged by today's message. Visit us online at libertylifecenter.org where we have links to other archived messages and even a place to give. Be sure to like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash libertylifecenter. We hope you'll join us again next week. In the meantime, embrace, display, and share God's love.